0: You're listening to the Mind Made Wrong Podcast presented by Steel Maggie, episode number eight. beautiful creators. It's Steel Maggie. I hope you're ready because we are in for another incredible discussion about mental health in the music industry. Today, my guest is so much more than a music entrepreneur. He's the founder of a thriving web-based music production company called The Songwriting Team, and he's a partner in the community Make Pop Music. I want to welcome Daniel Grimmett. How are you today, Daniel?
1: I'm doing well. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Of course. I'm so excited. But before we get started, let's tell everyone where we can find you on social media and the internet.
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, so pretty much everything's under my name except Instagram. Instagram is DarkLabelmusic. Uh.com, okay. my name.com. That's the best way to uh, find out what I got going on and that links out to the YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff.
0: Fantastic. Okay, Um, so the first thing I want to talk about, tell us a little bit about how you started your music career and how you made that big decision to just do music, because that's a big thing for all of us musicians, independence.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I'd always played instruments growing up, played in bands as a teenager, did a little recording engineer, engineering as a teenager, Um, Mm -hmm. It's technically my... um, you know first first job, first little thing that I was doing on my own and charging you know twenty dollars or something to friends to come over and record um, and when I was about eighteen, I got into the into the corporate world. Uh, sales was something I was very good at and worked in in various industries, real estate advertising, things like that did that for about six years and decided that um at about 24 years old, I wanted to move to Los Angeles and start a production company and, and kind of the ultimate goal was to be able to create jobs in, a, in an industry where there's not, you know, uh, where, it's, where it's hard to find a job, right? So um, so yeah, I moved out there and, and technically I was a producer for like the first year in the business, but it quickly got to the point where I was tiring other people. Um, again, that was kind of the the goal for it. Um, and yeah, we grew it. It happened to be one of the, one of the fastest growing online, um, music production companies at, at the time. And that was cool. And, um, about six years into that, I, uh, it inspired me to kind of, uh, keep the business running in the background, but dive a bit more into business consulting, helping other music producers, um, you know, become more business savvy and, and build their business out. And, um, so I'm 31 now. So that kind of, brings me to brings me to the current that's the that's the short version
0: wow okay so that was that was the songwriting team
1: yes the songwriting team was what was launched in in los angeles yeah
0: in los angeles but now you're in north carolina
1: in north carolina yeah so i spent a couple of years in los angeles a couple of years in nashville back in north carolina and then actually two weeks from now i'm back i'll be back in nash in nashville so Okay, so
0: you're moving back. I am, yes. My goodness! How, wait, so what was why, why? North Carolina? What was what was there?
1: <laughs> so, um, so I grew up here. It's where my family. Um, we can get into this part of the story, but um, a, a theme of what I'll be discussing today is is my uh, you know battle with addiction, uh, and, right. and fortunately, most of my life I've been sober. Um, I had a slip up, and this was at the peak of when Sireni Team was doing really well, which I think is a testament to like addiction doesn't care if you're doing good or bad. Well, we were actually doing great; it was at the peak of it, and I uh, got complacent and wasn't doing, you know, wasn't working on my mental health, and said, "Hey, I'm gonna have a drink." You know, it was at a mm. release, and uh, um that that wasn't good. You know, that spiraled down quickly, and in order to kind of, I didn't know what things were going to look like for me. So in order to spare the reputation of my business partners at the time, I, uh, who were in Nashville, I moved back to North Carolina. I had a place, I had places in, in both Nashville, and North Carolina. Um, and, uh, I just permanently kind of, I came back to North Carolina and the drinking got bad and I just never went back, um, for two years or so. Um, so that's kind of what brought me back. It <laughs> wasn't that's, under circumstances, but uh, right. North Carolina is where, my, where I grew up.
0: So, Substance abuse and mental health go completely hand in hand. That is, that is where I come from. I completely see, I know exactly what's going on there. Um, so uh, first, just real quick, why, why Nashville now? I mean, of course, it's a music hub.
1: Yeah, uh, I love it. I love Nashville. I love here in Charlotte. Charlotte's great um i loved la uh a part of it is just like some some timing things like happened where like mm-hmm. some opportunities came up and and then a place came up my old business partner that i was just referring to actually moved to la so his his uh he has a real nice place out there and it became available um and that was a time sensitive decision and um and uh, um at the point with the consulting business where i need to hire a couple of people and um the people that I'm looking at live in Nashville. So it just kind of made sense to go back. I, I left, I left, you know, I, I wasn't ready to leave. I just, I literally left as, uh, you know, insurance against the reputation of all of us. So I didn't
0: yeah. I yeah.
1: completed what I went there to do. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just on top of that, like every, every couple of years, I, you know, get kind of bored and want to, you know, move around and,
0: Experience. Hey, that's 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 the way things are heading. I think so. I, and you also get um, different ideas from different places and different groups of people. I'm reading this book called "Friend of a Friend" by David Burkus, and he talks about you know the the hazards of working in silos and not moving around um, when you have. Just this super core group of people that you work with. There's there's less there's less innovation there to be had. So there's definitely something to be said for location, um, moving around, you know, and location based um, collaboration. So I'm that's something for me to think about because <laughs> I've been in the same place my entire life. Uh, but I okay, I absolutely that's see we're already get, we're already get into it. We're already <laughs> I'm already learning. So I wanted to talk about. Um, it's a complete switch. Was there ever a moment in your life when you felt or believed your mind was made wrong?
1: Um, I think the first time that I I had so I had a, a weird childhood. It was like a lot of juxtaposition. On on one hand, it was amazing. Um, I, I grew up in a, a great great neighborhood. With you know, kind of lower middle class, but had a lot of friends and uh, great parent. I mean, they eventually got divorced, but even through that, great parents. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And supportive parents and had a really good childhood unfortunately in the background there was you know some abuse going on um, so it's 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 just this big juxtaposition of like a really great childhood blended with uh, you know the worst thing that can happen to a kid you know and uh, mm-hmm. but it didn't as it does for a lot of people didn't really screw with me until um, I was probably around 14 and like, it didn't really bother, you know, at the time, I thought it was just what people did, right? But when I got to 14, it started, you know, having feelings for people, right? You know, that time of your life. Yeah. <laughs> the way that I was, I immediately moved into, like, you know, self-medication and just the way I treated people in relationships. Like, relationships got way too serious for, like, a 14-year-old, you know?
0: Yeah, way too soon, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, like, took that stuff, like, way seriously and just, like, wasn't, like, a good person in that, you know, Um, because I was modeling it after something, you know, um, all that I knew at that point. So that's probably – I actually remember, like, um, sitting in art class. I was a freshman in high school, and I think that was the first time I, like, asked myself, like, what is – what's wrong with me? Something's not right. Um, so yeah, I was pretty young and, um, I didn't really start working on it until I was 18. So it was a solid four years of, uh, um, I mean, again, juxtaposition, a lot of fun as a teenager, you know, like got crazy stories for days and I wouldn't change that. Um, but on the other hand, just the darkness of it that was going on at the same time too. Um, so yeah, does that answer the question?
0: Yes. Yes, it really does. I want to go a little bit more into what were some of the thoughts about the events that happened to you because this podcast is a lot about mindset. And when we think certain thoughts about our circumstances, we feel certain things and then we do certain actions and then we achieve certain results, whether they're good or bad. So I want to hear um, your thoughts about yourself that may not have been the right ones to choose, but you really had no idea, right, about those events?
1: Yeah, so um, because of what happened to me as a kid, I went like complete opposite and was like, well, that's never going, you know, no one's ever going to have control over me again. So yeah. then I am controlling, right? So I mean, you know, I'm a kid, I'm 14 years old, 15 years old in these massively controlling relationships where I'm controlling the other person, you know, and it's just weird. Like my parents are like, what's going on? You know, the people I was dating, their parents were like, this is not normal. Right. For a kid, like, you know, just have fun and go to the movies, right. Like everyone else. Um, and, and I just didn't do that. Like I said, I took it like really seriously. I was addicted to people and I wanted to control them because I thought if I controlled them, you know, then I wouldn't get hurt, like, you know, because I was completely out of control when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I I had no control in that situation. This is all in hindsight, too. Of course, at the moment. Of course, yeah. I didn't, you know, again, I was like, oh, not everyone acts this way. Um, And I think just because of that, obviously when you have expectations on people and you're trying to control them and they don't do what you do, it pisses you off and then there's anger. And uh, my anger was never... Never really out, outward anger, thank God, you know, because I, I would have definitely hurt someone. Um, my anger was always very internal. So then to counteract that, that's kind of where the substance abuse came mm-hmm. from. hmm um, And that, yeah, spun out of control quick. So it was like, my mindset was just, I just didn't even want to think, you know?
0: Ooh, okay, yes. I'm on that, I'm on that, I know that. <laughs> Did you think that by? It seems that you thought that by controlling other people—that's what I, what's what I'm hearing from you—controlling other people or the way they felt, the way that you thought they felt about you, would give you a little bit more control.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, or just make me feel better.
0: Yes, and then and then the substance abuse comes in. Did you feel like you were that anger? Did you feel like you were angry at? yourself in any way
1: oh yeah yeah definitely it was always more internal than than external
0: yes yeah
1: it wasn't really ever like violent or like blew up on people you know i had like a lot of not a lot of friends but i knew friends like growing up that they would like yell at their parents and freak out and like get in fights with their parents i was never that um mine was definitely more internal so i'd say it's probably more mad at myself you know, and that just comes along with like the normal territory of abuse. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's you immediately go into it's my fault. Right. And, yes. then it, and then you're mad at, at them. Um, and you're mad at yourself for letting it happen, even though, you know, and then you're kind of mad at your parents for, for letting it happen. Um, even though they didn't know any better, you know, it was in the nineties. Right. So like <laughs> you know, running around free all the time. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, primarily inward, I'd say.
0: Trauma is a brain killer for sure. I think, you know, um, you can tell yourself, you know, anything that you like, but in the end you can't, ch- I think the big thing is that you can't, when you, especially when you're a kid, you can't change, you know, what happened to you, but you know, your kid brain is, is trying to, at least that's what it seems. It's trying, it's trying to, you know, make sense of it. And the only where to only place to turn is, is inward and then outward by acting out. Yeah. Oh, I, I really, I really, I really hear, I really hear you there. I want to fast forward to, um, what is, the most significant struggle you face when it comes to your own mental health and working in the industry today.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'll do a stepping stone to get there because there yes, is. Yes, please. Yes, please. Just on that note.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> because something you know, ra- obviously, radically, you know, radical had to happen. Um, so, eighteen when I became an adult, something kind of flipped in my brain. Um, mm-hmm. and was like, okay, this isn't. Like, I can't live this way, you know, like, this isn't good. I'm going to go on to, you know, just not be a good person, right? Like, either yes. commit crime or, to, you know, it's just down the path of, like, not, you know, I dropped out of high school, I couldn't get through high school because of the drugs. Um, but when I was 18, I went to rehab a couple of times and the, and the third one stuck. And I went to a, um, a trauma treatment center in, in Arizona for three months after the initial inpatient Um, the inpatient was to get you off the stuff and the three months was to kind of deal with the underlying issues. And that was an intense experience because I was around a lot of people who waited and I was the youngest person to ever get accepted into this program. And it was everyone from like people whose, you know, parents died in nine 11 to just like, you know, extreme cases of, um, depression and you know, all that sort of stuff. And these are 30, 40, 50 year old people that waited to deal with it. And, you know, and I'm 18 and having to grow up that, that quick at 18 and go through that kind of work, um, yeah. that even 30 and 40 year olds struggle to go, you know, to do completely changed, changed my life. Um, so, you know, that's when I got sober and, uh, um, sort of that. So, so I just wanted to bring that up. That's like the pivotal point of when I, when things changed for me. Completely. Uh, it was important for me, too, because just, like, and that's going to, as I tell the story, becomes one of my driving factors, um, because, like, statistically, things just weren't supposed to be good for me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, with, with the stuff that happens as a child, drug abuse, high school dropout, um, you know, it's just statistically, um, it's, it's not good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, People that that fall into that same bracket in, in their adult life um, generally don't unfortunately get to to make a life that's that they want for themselves um, so I was really fortunate that I was able to get that help at such a young age um, and get me into that so so of course that's why I started working getting through kind of everything into work um, I I happen to, like I said earlier, just be good at sales and say, you know, sales jobs, you don't really need a degree for anything. So it just made the most sense. My dad was in sales, it kind of ran in the family. Um, So I dive full into work and um, I'd say the, the biggest sort of, the the reason I that, that I bring all that up is because I I feel like a lot of my problems now are um, so small in comparison to that, you know, those, that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Which I think is a good thing, right? Because I kind of set the bar, (laughs) set the bar low. Uh, (laughs) Anything now is kind of like, I mean, obviously I had, you know, obviously it's after 10 years sober, I relapsed for, for a year and a half. So, so obviously things weren't going well at that point. And again, that was at the peak of my business. And I think honestly, like, I just stopped. Um, I think my, my biggest issue is keeping the maintenance. You know, I stopped doing the things I'm supposed to do. And I'm super, I'm really fortunate. I mean, one of my um, biggest drivers for being successful at business, any business, whether it's music or anything else is, as you know, and and as most people know, getting help for mental health is very expensive.
0: Mm, uh, yep. <laughs> i
1: fortunate that that's the case. Maybe at some point I can maybe try to help with that. but. Um, but it's expensive, so like for me, it's it's kind of life and death. I have to be successful because the meds I'm on cost a lot of money. I want to see the best psychiatrist. I want to be able to see my therapist often. If I need to just stop work and go to a, I haven't had to do this, but if I needed to go to like some wellness retreat for a month, I want to be able to afford to do that, you know? Um, because if I can't afford those things, I'm a miserable person. So like to me, it's like. I have to be successful because if I don't, then I can't afford to keep myself well. Um, mm. With that said, I don't want that to discourage people that, you know, aren't in that position.
0: That's you're talking to me right now. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I'm literally, I need therapy like crazy right now. And I, I I don't, I can't afford it. You know, I can, I can afford my, my generic medications. <laughs> and that's that's about it (laughs) but i'm I'm not taking it as discouraging at all it's a it's a motivator for sure
1: hopefully it's seen that way so it is there is going to be that uncomfortable period you know um but you know i'm glad you can get the meds at least because as you know i'm a big proponent for for medication um because you know i don't know if your your situation's like this but like you know all this stuff is great right exercise take care of yourself all, all those things are good but Without the medication, I'm not getting out of bed. It's just not going to yeah. happen.
0: Yeah. No.
1: Like yeah, I'm not going to feed myself. It's like you can't even get the energy to do the shit that you need to do to help, right? So I'm a big proponent of, of that, at least for me. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, fortunately, there's some, some programs like state cards and stuff that help you get discounts on medication. Um, I don't know who pays for them, but sometimes they just have them at the pharmacy. I don't know if you're familiar with them.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I, I'm still on my, my parents' insurance, which is actually going to end um, in July. So that's something that I may um, use that resource. Thank you for letting me know.
1: Yeah, I still use it. It would bring medications from like $50 down to 10 And I don't know, I just literally picked up a card and they typed a little number in. And I'm like, is this a real thing? And they're like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know who's paying for it. I have no clue. Um,
0: how long have you been, um, can I ask how long have you been on medication and have you had any problems with taking it regularly?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I I've totally done the thing where you start to feel good and you stop. Um,
0: that's me every few months.
1: (laughs) Oh man, it's, I can't, why do we do that?
0: <laughs> why do we, th- I don't know. I think for me, it's the bipolar where it's, um, when I'm manic, I don't feel like I need it. And then my entire life will go to shit periodically because I will make stupid decisions because I just, I wasn't on my, I wasn't taking meds mm-hmm. for no reason. It's like, this is helping me. I, I forget that it helps me. You know, I need like this like big, sign like floating sign in front of my face every single day that says like hey take your meds and I've I've done it. I put I've put I've put backgrounds on my phone and then I just start to ignore them after a while. I don't know what it is. Do you have do you have experience with with something that works?
1: Uh I don't um it's i've i've done. i've done it too um, so I have the say same, same thing as you um so i don't yeah, maybe it's specific to that condition i don't know um but uh yeah, just like the prescription run out, I'll get lazy, you know, like i don't know i guess <laughs> I have no good excuse um for it uh but but yes yeah, so i've been on on medicine since i i was eighteen um, okay yeah before that my <laughs> my own medicine. <laughs> But uh, I was in doctor medicine since eighteen, and yeah, it's a process, of course, of like finding. I didn't really get like a good combo until like maybe three years ago.
0: It is all about the cocktail. It really yeah. is. I I wasn't diagnosed until 2016, so um, that I did a lot of really dumb. Things and was really terrible, you know. Did dumb things, just stupid, stupid things. And the meds like really have helped me. Um, but it's about the regularity. I want to know. Um, first, are you are you type one or type two? Uh, two. Two. Okay. Okay. I mean, I hate. I I am grateful that I'm not that I'm not type one, but I definitely see how there's a lot there's like there is definitely like obviously a difference but um certain things like they can definitely cross over into like I've been I've been on that I've been on that line um can you talk about how what that diagnosis was like for you because for me it felt like every single thing in my life had been explained absolutely perfectly
1: yeah definitely there's a yeah uh they they yeah they were like kind of on the fence of like kind of what it was cuz mine was like yeah no n- not even to the line of one ever um mine was more like apathy it was like i'd be really into stuff i could build you know big company and then i just stopped caring and like i yeah. just care about anything so it was less of the like happy sad stuff um and it was more like I'm just really high performing. And then I just go into this like recluse, like don't care about anything, like n- not sadness necessarily, like, but just apathy. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of what they determine that to be. That's there-
0: definitely a depressive episode, even though depression doesn't show up as like crying most of the time. Right. Or like right. sadness. It shows up as reclu- reclusivity. I don't know if that's a word, but um, it shows up as, as shutting yourself out most of the time in isolation right yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and it's like unfortunate because it's like literally like there's like one instant cure for it for me and it's like one thing that will kill me you know so like that's where the addiction part so you know like when I take a drink it instantly cures that feeling immediately oh
0: I know I know (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. that's what's so difficult about it I know,
0: it's
1: <laughs> uh, like when you when I get that way it's like I can literally cure this right now for five dollars you know and right up at the supermarket um oh yeah and it starts that downward spiral of to where it doesn't work anymore you know a couple of weeks in and then it amplifies everything the stress the anxiety <laughs> it flips on you it turns on you um
0: Especially if you made stupid decisions, then you're like just racked with like guilt and like just like confusion about what you did.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yes. Do you feel like, um, cause I, I'll take, even when I'm taking meds, like I'll, sometimes I'll still make that decision to drink a little bit more than I should. Do you, um, I mean, I know cause you've been sober, but do you have any, um, experience with the combination of those
1: not really when I would yeah yeah, you've been sober for so long well well yeah I mean yeah so from 18 to 28 right I was sober and that's when I I didn't start doing meds until or taking meds until 18 so I was sober for that whole whole time um and then the one year that I that I kind of relapsed I yeah I stopped taking meds
0: so I want to go into that period. What was the catalyst of your relapse?
1: It's a good question Um, because everything was pretty good (laughs) at the time. Um,
0: Well, that can be a catalyst.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that, (laughs) yeah, like with, with addiction, it's, it's ongoing work, you know? it's like on top of just the day-to-day stuff of running a business, it's like, I have to also, you know, every day consciously make the decision to not, you know, poison myself. Right. Um, And that piece has to come first, but that part's not as fun as the business part. Right. So um, they say a lot of times, like you show signs and you kind of lead up to a relapse and you start thinking about it. And then all of a sudden you kind of cave in. It was not like that at all. I didn't think about it at all. And then I, I, got to an, uh, an event. I checked in at a hotel um, and it just hit me. I'm like, I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to walk down to the bar and have one. And, you know, I had a couple, didn't really do anything. And then just throughout the night kept going and there I was. Um, so I think the catalyst was just not, not doing maintenance. You know, I wasn't doing the stuff I was supposed to do.
0: It's it a good. mental maintenance.
1: Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a mental
0: maintenance. You cannot let yourself, fall back into that. And I, I'm, I'm completely guilty of it. <laughs> I, 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 I get that where it's like, I'll be there and I'll be like, yeah, this, I, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything, you know? And it's like, <laughs> and then I'm on like the floor, you know? <laughs> um, so or are just saying really dumb things and I, I can't stop myself. I, I just can't like stop. Like I, I, I can see myself kind of doing it, but it's like, this feels good. This is this is great. This is this is awesome. This is what I wanted. And then it like it really isn't. I right. completely really see that. It's a mental. You're saying it's the mental maintenance. What are some maybe some things that you think about today, or um, some thought patterns that maybe are keeping you on the straight and narrow, so to speak?
1: Uh, I don't want to die.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: You know that's. that's a good a- one. Yeah. I mean, I have like, I mean, I do like a, a morning, you know, routine that's, that's, you know, for for mental health and mindset and a piece of its business, obviously. Yeah, uh, I have my clients do and it, you know, it sounds kind of woo woo in the beginning, but like you have, you have a lot of control over what your mind can do, you know? Um, and, and like things like gratitude, all that stuff is practice. You know, if you never think about it, then like, you're probably not going to feel it if you, remind yourself it exists every morning, then it's going to start having an effect, you know? Um, so, so yeah, just, just things like that. And and just the main thing, like, um, I know what, what happens when I don't do it and it's not just losing a business. It's not, it's, it means death to me and I, you know, I don't want to die. So. That's the main
0: <laughs> I, thing. <laughs> I got you. I, I feel that. I'm, I'm I'm into I'm so into this. This is like really speaking to me. I am I'm, I'm into it. Um, so you say that you have a routines. And um that's one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about is um self-care can be so like, you know, like you said, woo-woo. But I really don't think that it is. I think that like we equate it with, um, with, with bath bombs and essential oil, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing, but it's all, it's it's a mental thing. So can you talk about what that means to you? And I want to hear a little bit more about these, these, uh, these routines that you have and these, these gratitudes.
1: Yes. There's a couple like pieces to it. Um, you know, with the addiction stuff, it's like, you know, um, I'm, I'm in AA. So, You know, there's things that we have to, you know, we don't have to do it, but um, that are, that are recommended, you know, going to meetings. And so it's part mental, but it's actually physical. You got to show up, you know, Um, you got to phone and call, you have to like, do these things, work steps, make amends, you know, go through the process over and over and over and over again. Um, So like, there's that piece. And then on the other side, kind of the day to day in the business, it's just like modeling after. People that like the reason I tell my guys that we do this, uh, my clients, I'm like, successful people just do different shit. Like, their days look different than yours.
0: They, so, yeah, model, model yeah.
1: you literally can copy, you can download that into your day. You know, there's going to be some stuff that like they're doing that you can't do because they're just on a different level, but like, there is a lot that you can.
0: Waking up at 5 a.m. Yeah, not for me. <laughs>
1: Why would we not like model what successful people are doing? Um, So like, dude, this, this this industry is uh, not just this industry, but like everything's hard, but you know, it's, it's tough, man. Right. So like, if you're not, it's like, it'd be like a boxer going into a fight without like doing any preparation or training, you know, like if I go into my work, like, which is to, to help others, you know um, and the consulting and to, you know, do my own thing as well, run my business without any preparation for the day. If I don't go in there like a warrior, like I'm going to get my ass kicked because everything is against, you know, everything's against you. The odds are against you. Other people think that what you're doing is bullshit, you know, uh, dealing with other people's mindsets, crossing over into your space, like, and being able to kind of protect yourself from that. So you can help them better. Like, dude, I get my ass kicked if I didn't like come in every day, as best I can, a warrior. And the only way I know how to do that is um, to take an hour every day and remind myself, you know, that I'm good at what I do. I read through client testimonials. I I try to buy insurance against that, those feelings that we feel throughout the day, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, all that stuff. I just try to knock that shit out first thing in the morning, you know, and then I wrap it up with just remembering that like, Hey, you have to make this work, man. Like it is life or death because you know, if you don't make it work, you're going to get bummed about it. You're going to get bummed about it. You're going to start drinking. You're going to do something stupid. And you're going to die. It's literally, it sounds dramatic, but to me, it's, it is life or death.
0: It may, it's just, it, that's your why that's your, that's your compelling reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm fighting against the, the statistics.
0: For, especially for your life, you know, um, that is what's relevant to you with the history and the, all of that that we talked about.
1: Yeah. And it's just not that far away from me. Like
0: it's not, no, it's, it's literally a drink away.
1: Yep. hundred percent. Exactly yeah. what you said. It li- yeah. Like that one year I went back out. I was immediately that statistic immediately burned through all the money, brought the company to the ground was drinking from sunup to sundown. Had, you know, luckily had a friend that took me in. I literally crashed everything I built in six years to the, to the ground in one year I became the statistic and I, you know, and then, once it was out of my system, boom, we built it all back up again. So, like, when it's that's a pretty clear indicator to not fuck with that stuff, right? Um, so, I have to do whatever you know is is necessary um, to make sure that I go into every day. Like, if we just, if you just like, some of my business mentor says, the reason that it's important to do some kind of morning formula, morning ritual. If you just go, like, think about it. Sometimes you wake up and you feel good, right? Sometimes you wake up and you feel bad, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you just let it go by chance, you're screwed.
0: Your day is by chance. Yeah, yeah
1: you're letting it, yeah, you're you're essentially going into the day just like there's a it. chance it'll be a good or bad day. Like, that's not high yeah. enough odds for me. So you got
0: to design it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I yeah. my goodness, not perfect,
1: but it's like better than nothing you know it's better than the 50 50 if you can bump it to you know 70 30 70 being a good day 30 percent of them being kind of rough that's better than just going by chance
0: is realizing I think that you do have you do have the control and you have to have the control no one else is gonna do it for you I think
1: yep you know,
0: no, no one's gonna put your eyes on the on the paper to do the gratitudes no one's gonna <laughs> No one's gonna do that for you. I want to know, um, from your perspective, as a music freelancer, is what I I know you were on John's podcast, and that was an amazing that was an amazing episode about um, your freelance career. Um, I want to talk about what you see as the biggest pain point for musicians and creatives' mental health right now. And um, this is two-parter. If you could fix that crisis with one sentence, what would it be? It's a loaded question. So if I need to repeat it, Uh, (laughs) let me know.
1: And I know you sent me the questions beforehand too. And I actually, in this case, decided not to like prepare any answers because I thought it just may be more interesting that way. Um, But yeah, those are good questions. Do, Do you, are you asking what I think the cause is or what I just notice like It can
0: be either or what it can be the, um, I guess, I guess what you notice first. And then that one sentence could be how to solve, how to, how to, how to root out the cause.
1: Yeah. I think overall, the biggest thing is like lack of confidence.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: That's like what I, at least what I deal with day to day with my clients, um, is like lack of confidence. Everyone thinks it's know-how, you know, they're like, Dan, just tell me what to do. And I'm like, well, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's how I know you're not cut out for it yet. Like a
0: business,
1: <laughs> mind, a business mind will figure that out. Right. Yes. Like, they just, they don't have like the, con- and, and then, and then I tell them some stuff like, oh yeah, no, I definitely figure that's what I should do. I'm like, well d- do it. That's the difference. Like a confidence person has already done it, you know? So, um, so I th- confidence, man, is a big one. Uh, I don't know I what causes. I think self-esteem,
0: that could, self-esteem, and lack of self-love is, yeah, that, is that. Different
1: reasons for different people. Um, you know, I think yeah. Like when I, when I feel that because I'm not obviously not immune to it. When I feel that way, yeah, I'm sure a lot of it stems from like I don't think that that much of it has to do with the music industry. It has to do. You know, it just stems from like yeah. You know, yeah, just my particular story. It, stem, it could stem from a million different things from that. So I think the reason is probably different for everybody, but just a consistent thing is like confidence. Um, you know, how to fix that. Uh, all I can do is like affect the people who I come across, you know, and who I do my, you know, do my work with. Um, but as far as everything as a whole, I don't know that there's something that's going to fit, you know, just not everybody's going to be that, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. just not how the world works. Like not everyone's going to be like that confident person. Like everyone has the opportunity to, and for some, it'll be harder to get there. And some people have it a bit more naturally. Um, But, but yeah, the reality is that not everyone is going to figure that out, you know? Um, So I don't know how to change that as a whole.
0: That's I uh, yeah yeah.
1: There's definitely yep. if you're, someone's interested in doing it, there's absolutely things that they can explore. You know, there's people that's literally their job. Except when their self esteem's so low, you're probably scrolling through and you see like a Facebook ad for like someone talk about confidence, and your initial gut reaction because you're in such a toxic headspace, like oh fuck them, probably a scam. You know, and it's like no, there's actually people that are really good at it. You know, like I've always had, you know mindset coaches, business mentors, therapists. Like, I don't know how people could do shit without that at some point.
0: Okay. Okay. Can we talk about that? I, so mindset people who actually coach, coach Mm -hmm. that type of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's the same as having a personal trainer. It's like, it's a muscle, right? So it's the same as having a personal trainer. Absolutely. Right. So, so yeah, like what my, uh, the, the business mentors that I use, um, have like three or four dedicated people that's all they do okay just mindset coaches
0: just mindset coaches because most
1: people um, don't have the business they want because they're not the level of person that can either handle or deserve that level of business yet
0: yeah you have to be a certain like person in order to achieve yeah. that you have to
1: be like yeah. think about like an olympic athlete this is the the Comparison always you. You already have to be an Olympic level athlete to even get on, walk onto the field, and have a chance to win the medal. Yeah, you already have to be a champion to even have the chance. And business is the same way, you know.
0: And the mindset, the mindset coaching would help with that. Who are? Um, that's one of my questions: is who is, who are some of the influences that you have? And I think maybe t- t- telling us about. Um, some of these people, um, if they have, you know, um, businesses that that would be available to us to take resource from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so my business coaches are are two guys, Chris Evans and Taylor Welch, um, and they own a consulting firm um, based in Nashville. I think there's about. 50 to 60 employees and they service a couple thousand businesses. Um, so it's a cool, real cool business that they have going. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like I, like I said, they have mindset coaches, um, that that's all their job is. Right. And then they have like a different guy who like helps with ads and like a different guy that helps with your offer. And you know, so they have different people based on what your problem is. But, um, so, so them, you know, that's kind of who I, who I work with. Um, there's a ton of my, I mean, like, I'm a Gary Vee fan. I know a lot of people aren't. <laughs> uh, I,
0: it's, it's, it's he talks so fast. Like that's, yeah. that's my only beef with him. And it's like, can you talk like two times yeah. more?
1: <laughs> yeah. And it can come off as cheesy, but I absolutely fall into that, like that gratitude camp, man. Cause it's just, yeah. like, <laughs>
0: and,
1: I mean, like to me, like I don't look at the music industry as a cause of my mental illness. The music industry for me is the reason I can fucking take care of my mental illness. It affords me the luxury to do so, you know. Um, so, so you know, I, I I tend to. There's a lot I don't like roll with them on, but anything that comes to mindset, I I do tend to roll with him on. Um, Tom Ballou, um, who owns Impact Theory, it's like a YouTube channel. Um, he, he was uh, he was one of the I've heard of that. He was one of the co founders of Quest Nutrition. Those really good little low carb bars. Uh huh. Then they sold it for. Uh, a bunch of money and now he does you know has a youtube channel um and he has a lot of good mindsets of himself and his guests he, his guests seem to be pretty mindset focused yeah there's a ton
0: wow i have to i because when i go through and um get this all all edited. I, I always like go through and I take notes. I've got to do that. I have, there's someone um, that I listen to regularly. Her name is Brooke Castillo and she's a life coach and she has a podcast and she's definitely all about the mindset and about being, you have to, you are like, who are you? You have to be the person that you want to become in order to have the success. And I really think that you brought that to the light. You have to pursue that and you have to become that person, um, deliberately or else that, that those opportunities are not going to be available for you. They're only going to be, um, available to the person who is that person, which is kind of like a mind fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The best indicator
1: is of whether or not you're that person yet. If you've done it,
0: if you've done it
1: yeah it's the same thing like when I get to the you know like when I'm talking to a producer and I get to the end you know I'm like well what so so what do you think stopping you from doing this on your own like what's you know let's say I didn't exist like what what's the plan like what what's stopping you from oh I just don't know like what to do or I need like a plan you know and I tell them, I'm like I know you think it's knowledge that you need but like the knowledge is out there wouldn't you agree like there's a ton of free shit on YouTube
0: you, could, you can search anything on Google. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like, so why didn't, you, why didn't you just watch those videos and build a business? That's what I did. I didn't have that when I started a business, me and everyone else for the past 100 years before YouTube existed.
0: You didn't have you <laughs> to start your business. Pist-
1: yeah, so I, so I told him, I was like, I'm like the problem isn't that you, you lack the knowledge. It's that you are just not the level of business person that you need to be in order to reach the goal. And the reason I know is because if you were that, you'd you'd already reached the goal. <laughs> That's the indicator that you're there, right? So um, it's it's a, a it's it's a humbling conversation. Um, but yeah, it's the same mm-hmm. thing. There's goals I have, and I know that the reason I'm not at those goals is because I myself am not the person that is qualified to hit those goals yet.
0: How do you how do you I guess, is it, is it a, mat- a matter of just do it then? Or is it, is it that simple? Like, you know, I was going to ask like, how do you become that person? But is it, it seems like it's a just do it thing. Like just become the person, you know, Yeah. I mean, <laughs> step by step.
1: Action is part of it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a process to become it. Right. So it's like, one is like going through the trial and error. At the same time, I'm like peeling layers of myself back to try to like, you know get to the, to, to the best version of me that I can and try to peel the negative shit off or however you want to look at it. Like that just takes time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Um, I won't be able to just like do that tomorrow. Um, the just do it part is still important. You got to show up and do it. But uh, yeah, literally I'm just not there yet. Like there's some way that I'm thinking. It happens all the time. Like when I talk to my mindset coach, I'll be like, yeah, well, here's why I think it's broken. You know, and he's like, well, what? What are you talking about? He's like, you made that up. And I'm like, oh shit, I guess I did. You know, like there's stuff I don't even realize that I'm thinking wrong yet. And that's just a process of learning it. And that's extremely difficult to do. And that's why most people don't build a successful business. It's a very hard process to do. And that's why I hire people to help me.
0: Because you're like, just give me the right thought and I'll think it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) much. I'm
0: trying to find it.
1: Yep. hundred percent. It's like, well, why would you, they kind of walk you through it. And then like at the end of it, you're like, oh yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know why I think that.
0: You're like, obviously <laughs>
1: you actually take action in the reverse, you know, like, cool. Well, you're not going to do that anymore from now on. Like, you know, this is what you, you know, this is what you charge, or this is what your morning looks like, or this is, you know, how you talk to someone, you know? So it's like, they, 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 figure out what the problem is and then they correct it immediately. And it's just all these old micro things. And then after a while you're like, fuck, my business is doing good or shit. My, I feel really good. It's just a process, you know.
0: Hmm. I just I I'm I'm getting so much. I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting so much. So I really want to be respectful of your time. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, Mind Made Wrong. I have one more question for you. And it is how have you created beautiful things in 2019 and what are your plans to continue to create beautiful things? The beautiful things is my, is my tagline at the end. So I want to tie it all in.
1: Yeah. um, How I've done it is, is again, a a key theme here in the, in the last half of the conversation. Yeah. Asking for help, whether that be mental health or business, right? Like literally people think when you build something or like create something, um, not that I'm some big shit or anything, but like when you create anything at any level, there's always going to be people that, that look up and say, Oh wow, you did all this. Like congrats to you. And it's like, dude, I asked for the most help out of everybody. That's the only difference. Um, so I, I would attribute the, the beautiful things that I create, I guess, to, to the people who help me to do that. Um, Whoa. How I'm going to continue it in this year is like i said, moving and and hiring some people and passing that forward and creating some jobs um and uh and then just just comp- compound effect you know
0: continuing to ask for that help because you know you can't do it alone absolutely yeah i I love that I absolutely love that that's like that's a total game changer because we're so like precious about asking for help and it's like oh I don't want I don't want to seem like I don't know what I'm doing in this area when it's totally true that you may possibly not know what you're doing and what is the pretense for <laughs> we're all we're all independent at this point most of us I, I love that ask for be the one who asked for help the most that's yeah. that's, that's that's the quote that's that's the quote right there. When clients,
1: when clients sign on with me and they're like, Hey Dan, like, what can I do to get the most out of working with you? And I, and I, I tell them ask them, ask for the most help. Like That's my guys best. who do the best are the ones who ask for more help most often. Like it would appear that they would be doing the worst. Right. Cause they're always like, help me. I have a question help. It appears that they would be doing the worst. They're actually the best performers. They get, they get the best results.
0: It's one of those counterintuitive things.
1: (laughs) It's the ones who get, and I, and I get it and it's my job to help so that they don't get demotivated. I don't ever blame the client for that. I have to figure out why this is happening, but you know, it's human nature for, you know, if something isn't working out, we stop asking for help. We don't want to bother the other person. We kind of recluse, you know, and that's the, the absolute worst thing someone can do if they are trying to, you know, keep the inertia to move, move forward
0: it's a momentum, a momentum killer for sure. Is that maybe that pride and that ego? Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. You just need to uproot by the by, by changing that mindset. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been so incredibly valuable. I know, I know everyone listening is just reeling from the, value bombs that you just dropped on us i am i am i'm gonna i'm gonna take copious notes <laughs> this is so incredible um i want to have you remind us all again where we can find you
1: yeah if you
0: learn more if we want to kind of maybe check into the the songwriting team and see what you guys are doing there
1: yeah so the production company i don't know if i didn't mention that the beginning so the production company still runs um that's songwritingteam.com mm-hmm. uh, I, my main stuff that I do nowadays, the consulting uh, on Instagram, it's at dark label music,
0: dark label music.
1: Yep. And, uh, Daniel which links to videos and all that, all that sorts of stuff.
0: I'll have to follow you. I'll have to find you. I think, I, th- I think that's why I couldn't find you is because you were Dark Label Music on Instagram.
1: <laughs> the one separate <subtle> thing.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, where is this guy? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, since I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much all up on Instagram. Instagram is me. Is, is Thank you so much for listening with me. This has been Daniel Grimmett. Uh, next week I have a very special episode with just me, please come hang out on the podcast next Friday because I do not want you to miss this. But until then, let's go create beautiful things. Bye-bye.